So we had already kind of talked about that the little bathroom. <laughs> there was a bug and it almost went in my notes. I'm sorry. I know I freaked out. I just don't. Bugs and orifices are a thing <laughs> that I <laughs> We'd like to remind you that the information contained within this podcast reflects our own personal opinions and should not be held as any kind of official recommendation. That's right. This podcast is for our own purposes. It's educational and and for entertainment. Mm-hmm. Edutainment, if you will. <laughs> We're just a couple yahoos with master's degrees, and this isn't a professional capacity. So if as you're listening to an episode, you feel that maybe you need help with your own mental health, please do contact your own doctor or a therapist. And finally, we try to stay pretty clean with this podcast, but sometimes we slip up and sometimes we just talk about weird stuff. So <laughs> <laughs> it might be not safe for work. You'd probably better listen with headphones. Hello and welcome to Freudian Sips. The podcast about brains, beverages, and other BS. I'm Bonnie. And I'm Anna. And welcome, Sipsters, to another episode that was very professional. Thank you. <laughs> I didn't know where to go after it, but <laughs> fake it till you make it, right? You had your radio voice on and everything. It was like, yeah. This is another episode of Freudian Sips. <laughs> Broadcasting almost live. <laughs> Broadcasting nearly live. Hi, Sipsters. How's it going? How are you? How are you doing? Sometimes I feel like we don't just talk to the sipsters enough. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like we don't display enough interest in their lives. Yes, I agree. Sipsters, I apologize for that. <laughs> What's been happening, sipster? What? Just let us know. Just pause pause the episode here. Talk. Tell us about your lives. Yes. And then press play. Oh my gosh, that's so cool. <laughs> Thanks for sharing Thank that. Thank you for telling us. We are professional listeners, after all. (laughs) You and I, Anna, we're professional listeners. That's what one of my kiddos called me. I'm listening. Professional listener, I like that. Mm -hmm. That's cute. That's better than, I had another adolescent one time say, I know you don't really like me, you just get paid to sit there and act like you like me. Oh, that is apropos (laughs) for what we're talking about today. Uh I have a whole section on terrible things to say about therapy. Oh, really? I do. Well, since you did, did that little segue... Do we have any pre-roll before we go into it? Should we thank our golden sure. chalice? We had said that anyone who has heard all of the episodes, not necessarily in order, no, right? You no, could just no, listen no, to them no, in any no. order, but I don't know. You had to make like a spreadsheet and check them off, we- I guess, if you don't go in order. <laughs> I think most streaming things will tell you which ones you listen to. No, you have to write oh, it down. Okay, you have to have a spreadsheet. Get a notebook. Never mind. This is one of those notebook occasions. <laughs> We had said that if you heard all of the episodes, that we would we call you our golden chalice sipsters. <laughs> she said that very dramatically. I know. I struggle with those words golden, because golden chalice sipsters. Golden chalice sipsters. And we said if you if you have done that, let us know. So we're just going to give a shout out to Katie, and we're going to give a shout out to Trina. Uh huh. And is there anybody else we should I think shout out? Kaylee mentioned. Okay. And so if you are one of those people who has actually heard all of our episodes, yeah. I mean, I'm, I wish we could give you a great big huge prize or something, but but we would just at least like to shout out your name. So. You've probably already redeemed your free sticker that we... If you're one of those people. Sure. That, yeah. 
But if you want another free sticker. Sure, we'll always send out free stickers. Yeah, just give us, tell us that you're a golden chalice sipster yeah. and give us your address so we can send yeah. you in. Yeah, if you're if you're not a golden chalice sipster and you're saying, what are you talking about, Bonnie and Anna? Stickers? <laughs> stickers? stickers? What I would that? like to have a sticker. Would you like a sticker that says Freudian sips? Well, listener, let me tell you how to do that. <laughs> if you go to any place where you can review a podcast apple pod chasers a good one there's probably other places if you leave us facebook if you leave us a review somewhere and then you send us an email to freudian at gmail.com and say hey i left you a review and uh either tell us where it is or send a, a picture of the review and then give us your address we will send you a sticker free sticker free, free. sticker with a little note that says, thanks, we love you. Yes. Mm-hmm. Please do that if you haven't done that yet. Yeah, if you have not, uh, just you have take not a few minutes. Us a, a review or redeemed your free sticker for review trade in. Do it today. Do it today while the deal is hot. <laughs> <laughs> as hot as it gets, baby. As hot as it gets. Okay. Okay. That's so good I guess pre-roll. That was some pre-roll. Yeah. Okay, there you go. Da da da. That was pre-roll. pre-roll. <laughs> okay. Now let's talk about what this, what's the number of the episode? 88. 88. Crazy 88. And what is the episode about, Anna Marie? Uh, that's you, a, it's a hard thing to title to summarize, yeah. I guess. So uh, our lovely friend of the show, Michelle. Hey, Michelle, how you doing? How you feeling after that session? She She's in my D&D group. I was telling mom before we started oh, recording. Oh, that was a I rough had, one, huh, Michelle? I, I had a rough, we had a rough session last night. <laughs> things happened and has D hangover <laughs> D <D&D> trauma <laughs> we have a, we have a and group where we're all pretty open about that we're in therapy and that we all have trauma so we were having some trauma responses to our our D session last night so michelle hope you're doing okay but <laughs> but she sent a message that said i had an idea for the cast if you want backup ideas talk about those stupid sayings or common advice that is just bad like you can't love someone until you love yourself especially if there are some sayings that you and mom hate so that's, I like that Michelle calls me mom. Yeah, Thanks, she, Michelle. You're her mom. That's why. Okay. That was that was her idea, and we're kind of taking that, running with it a little bit. We're going to talk about some like common platitudes, I would call them, like mm-hmm. some common sayings that that I think are more often used for like in terms of mental health, like spoken to people with mental health that can maybe be damaging a little bit, um, or but, people who are going through trauma. Yeah, those kind of things too. Yeah. yeah. And I, and I would like to kind of throw in here somewhere as we go along, just the idea of the power of words in our life and how words affect us and how we use words for both good and bad. Right. Because we definitely use words in very specific good ways in therapy and especially in CBT. And so I'd like to kind of throw some of those in. So we're going to kind of do a mixed bag of words. Yeah, a mixed bag of words. of words. A mixed bag of words. The power of words. How we talk to ourselves, how we talk about mental illness. Mm-hmm. So the first thing that came to my mind when you said something about this, and then when I was I was doing my research, I saw it a couple times. Is that thing we used to say when we were kids, sticks and stones may break <laughs> my bones, yeah. but words will never hurt me. But that's bull. But words will send me into an anxiety attack. Thank uh, you. Words can hurt really bad. <laughs> words can hurt really bad. I, I know that I've talked to people who have been victims of emotional verbal abuse yeah and they have said and i have thought this in my own life as well 
that sometimes, you know, you kind of think to yourself when you're that type of um, survivor, you think, you know, gosh, if it was physical, at least there would be something I could show people and say, look, this is what he or she or they did to me. Right. But when it's emotional or verbal, it's harder to show it. It's, and, a, hidden, it's a hidden illness. Right. It's a, yeah. But those words will definitely hurt. And they do hurt. And they... And they impact us for our whole life affect our programming and all that that's interesting i think i've had more clients who tend toward the opposite where they're like it wasn't that bad it's not like they hit me it's not like they sexually abused me it's not like this mm. it's not like that yeah so i've heard that too though now that you say it. it but it's very powerful it is very powerful so where would you like to start anna marie I mean, I would just kind of like to start with some general mental health related like sayings, dumb, bad sayings, perhaps. (laughs) Okay, let's unpack that. So let's start with some, I don't know, disclaimers, generalizations. It's worth mentioning that some of the things that I will be talking about that we will be talking about could work. Mm -hmm. It it all kind of depends on how you say it on the level of rapport you have with the person, on where the person is mentally, on... It depends on a lot of factors. It's it's not like saying a certain set of words is always bad and a certain set of words is always good. Like, mm-hmm. that's not how it works either. But there are some things that can be better and can be worse. Right. Like, we've kind of talked about how we've had to be pretty confrontational with some of our clients. I, I know I've said things that in a different context probably wouldn't be helpful. Right. But because of where we are in the journey and because of, you know, the intent behind it and because of the rapport that we had built up, it worked. Right. So, I mean, there's there's always variables there. Right. So if you hear us talking about a specific phrase and you think, well, that really helps me when people say something sure. like that to me, that's that's all good. We, we constantly talk on this podcast about how everything is individual. Everything is unique. Everybody is unique. And so, yeah, something that somebody might say to me and really trigger me and make me angry or anxious, it might be something you say to yourself to calm yourself down. And we'll kind of maybe touch on that a couple of times when we say different phrases and by the other token another token i know there's more than two how many tokens are there more than two so many tokens (laughs) too many tokens (laughs) one might say but as we're talking about this stuff if you hear a phrase or whatever that you've been like oh i've said that to people Mm -hmm. like this isn't like a condemnation i don't want you to think we're saying like you are bad and wrong for saying that It's, it's a learning experience and we're not saying like hey you're terrible for saying that we're saying hey that thing might not be as helpful to hear as it feels to say. That's a really good way to say it. Sometimes we say things because it kind of makes us feel better to say that. Yeah, and I think especially in terms of of mental illness and talking to people about mental illness, I mean, that can be scary and it can be awkward and like feelings can be messy. And sometimes we do just kind of feel helpless. So we lean on sayings that feel helpful. And And sayings that we've had in our upbringing that our parents taught us, our grandparents have said to us, whatever. Yeah, and sayings that probably are coming from some place of caring. I mean, I would hope, mm-hmm. like I would hope that a lot of the things that we talk about, and, and I think most of the ones that I have on my list are, it's it's not like you're saying it to bully. It's not like it's outright mean. It's right. just misguided. Well, even the one that Michelle used as an example, you right. can't love somebody else until you love yourself. Yeah. I have struggled with that 
in my own life, you know, mm-hmm. especially as a younger person, that I, I knew I had to have a certain amount of self-esteem before I could be in a successful relationship. So there's some truth to that. Sure. But used in such a way. It's exactly what you said. It's the way it's used. I was thinking, Anna, that one of the things that I use a lot in therapy is when people are lamenting things they did wrong in the past. Yeah. And like you said, if you hear something you said and you're like, oh my gosh, I use that. I'm a terrible person. Something I often say is, that idea that someone said to me, which is, you know, you did the best you could when you were there, but yeah. now you're learning more. And I actually found a quote from Maya Angelou, which I, she, uh, there's so many good quotes. Maya Angelou's a good one. But this quote says, do the best you can until you know better. Mm-hmm. Then when you know better, do better. I like that. And so that struck me because of exactly what you just said, that some of these things that we might say today might make somebody go, ooh, I better not say that anymore. Right. And I might have really hurt somebody. It's okay. You yeah. did the best you could yeah. when you, you knew were that. Trying. So it's not a condemnation, it's a learning experience. Okay. I like that. <laughs> That's good. Okay, lay some on me, baby. Well, let's start with you can't love someone until you love yourself. Because okay. I do think that's damaging. Because first of all, I think that self-love and love of others are kind of two totally different things. And they're not necessarily dependent on each other. And I also think that a lot of people, I think especially with trauma that I have met and worked with, it's easier to love other people because it's easier to put other people before yourself. Right. And you think of them as lovable and you don't think of yourself as lovable. Right. I think instead of a, oh, you can't do this until you do this thing first, mm-hmm. we need to look at it as balance like we always talk about. Balance. Yay. Yay Mom. We should it. have a sound effects for balance. Mom, I can't Bring. always do more sound effects. Bring. I don't know. Okay. That's like the that. balance sound effect. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of fun to do with your tongue. Ring. <laughs> See? Does that feel like... Ring. That's very good. We okay. need to have just actual chimes. Like we're in... We should... Brrr, we yeah. need to have like we're on a real radio station. Yeah, you know, yeah. Like DJs and shows have like the, the cowbell and like the chimes and like that little like... I think I'm going to start to collect those kind of things. Will you <laughs> let me makers? use them? Yeah. Noise makers. Sure. Okay. Bring them next time we record. I have a little chime that, that will be our balance sound. Okay. Like it has a little... Yeah. <laughs> okay. Sipsters, I know you're excited. You're going to listen to the next episode just to hear it. I'm excited to. The next episode, the Foley episode. <laughs> have a slide okay. whistle. <laughs> I can't wait. Okay. okay. All right. I'm sorry. I got distracted. Mom, Squirrel. Mom got very distracted by sound effects. She gets Sometimes very excited. Sometimes I'm ADHD. Sorry. Sorry. I have no idea what we're talking about. You can't love, love yourself. Self-love. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You can't love others until you love yourself. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's it's less like, it, it's less you can't do this until you do that. And I would say more like, don't do one without the other. That's good. Balance. Mm-hmm. Because I do agree that your love relationships with other people will be richer and more healthy if you do have good self-esteem. Right. So. I also am a little hesitant of anything that's like, hey, that love that you're doing, it's wrong. That's true. Like, because yeah. this phrase will fall in the category with several other phrases I will talk about where you're like condemning a person for how they're coping with things and handling Ooh, things. Yeah, that's good. And, and so if you're, if, if you are someone who's trying to cope with things by seeking love, then yeah, they're, they might not be super healthy, but basically saying like, well, you can't do that until you fix yourself. That's, mm. that's pretty harsh. Okay. All right. Okay. 
it's all in your head. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that one. I don't it know if that's ever angry. good. I don't know if that's ever it good to say. It makes me mad. Yeah. Like, of course it's in your head. That's where your brain lives, idiot. <laughs> yeah, that's got, I can't think of a positive way to use that one. No. Because what it sounds like is it's fake or you're imagining it or even worse, you're, or you're making, making it up. Or you're making it up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Either way, it's bad. Either way, it's very bad. Yeah, yeah. But of course it's in your head. That's where mental health lives. I mean, like, technically everything's in your head. Technically, if, <laughs> if you get your arm cut off, the pain is in your head. Because mm-hmm. that's brain, where pain yeah, is. Yeah, that's true. It is very reductive to mental health. Good word, Anna. Thank you. I'm going to have a sound effects for good words, No, too. don't do that. I'm going to start making a list. Okay. I need a notebook. There's, there's some paper <laughs> over there. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, I got to get a pen. All right. And pen. Okay. I can't believe I'm facilitating this. I can't believe I just handed her a pen. <laughs> she just did it to keep me busy so she could finish <laughs> okay, the podcast. Anyway. <laughs> now that she's writing sound effects down. Mom's busy. Now let me tell you what's real. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, and, and I don't really know. I don't really know how in depth to go with all of these. That one does make me mad, though. The I agree. The It's all in your head. That just very, it strikes me very much as someone who doesn't deal with a lot of mental illness themselves. Because, mm-hmm. of course, it's all in your head. But that, there's that, like, Harry Potter quote where, like, just because it's in your head doesn't make it not real mm-hmm. or something. Dumbledore is saying it, so I. Anything he said was good. No? <laughs> <laughs> wow, she gave me a really bad look there, Sipsters. We could fight about Dumbledore, I think. Okay. Dumbledore. That's another episode. Dumbledore c- used 10-year-olds to facilitate his own needs and wants. Well, it's creepy when you say it like that. It is creepy when I say it like that. <laughs> well, maybe we'll have to do um, um, an episode. on Harry Potter. Harry Potter. Ooh, a Harry Potter mental health deep dive. Are I think that, that would be down? fun. I am. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Good. The ideas are flowing today. I know. We got it. We got it. We're on the we're on the groove. We're vibing. We're vibing. <laughs> we're doing weird things with our shoulders as we say that. Yeah, do you have anything else about it's all in your head? No, except I, I even hate when people maybe don't use those exact words, but maybe they do, with little bitty kids. Like when little kids are scared and they say it's just it's not so much they say it's your imagination because it is their imagination, but when they make it like it's not a big deal, right? You know that it's an yeah. it's their imagination. Well, it's and it's like even things that are, I guess, technically all in your head, like hallucinations. I would say, yeah. I mean, a hallucination can be very terrifying, right? Just because it's in your head, big air quotes, doesn't mm-hmm. mean it's not real. Doesn't mean it's not scary. Doesn't mean they feel like they are actually experiencing it. Right. It's right. the same with like anxiety attacks. I mean, mm-hmm. I have had anxiety attacks over things that I know are, quote unquote, all in my head. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't make my anxiety attack any easier Mm-mm. to bear. I, I mean, like, it doesn't mean that the anxiety attack that I am experiencing or the anxiety even symptoms that I'm experiencing are not real. Right. They're real to me. Right. So, I mean, again, to say it's all in your head is just very dismissive. It's it's mean. Don't say okay. that. Don't say that one. Don't say that one. Um, Things could be worse. I've got that on my list, too. Yeah. My, the bad. way I word it, the way mine is worded is some people have it worse. Yeah, there's and there's a lot of variations mm. of that. And like, I think that's often built into our religions mm. as we're brought up, you know, like to think about, you know. You, you, think about all the other bad things yeah, out there. Yeah, the starving children in Africa starving and all that. Starving children in Africa, yeah. But 
And I don't know about you, Anna, but I, I've had clients say to me, I know other people have it way worse than me. That's the first thing in my notes about yeah. this one. And that's a trauma reaction. Uh-huh. To downplay your own trauma is a trauma reaction. So so I do think that that is, and that kind of goes along with like, well, at least I wasn't getting physically abused, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like trying to say like, I shouldn't be as traumatized as I am. Right. And that's not fair to say to yourself. And it's definitely not fair for someone else to say to you. Right. And I always I always say to people, and I know you do that too, that whatever you're going through is what you're going through and you yes. shouldn't compare it to somebody else. Exactly. Um, it's not like only the, the most starvingest child in Africa is, is the one who can be sad and everyone else has to be happy. <laughs> right. right. If you have a hamburger for lunch, you have no reason I to complain. <laughs> so and also it, things could be worse, but they could also be better, Janet. <laughs> You know she's pissed when she says Janet. <laughs> Maybe <laughs> or not no, Janet. Karen. Karen is Karen the, is well, the one that you. I guess Karen. Well, I I don't think we should use people's names. Sorry, Janet okay. and Karen yeah, sisters. Janet, we love you. I mean, I guess can we choose a, a name that no one uses? Is there a name that no one uses unless you just make it up? Um, like Blarf. Blarf. From now on, that's the only thing we could use. <laughs> I wrote it down. Mom wrote it down. <laughs> I'm taking notes today, Mom sisters. I mean, I'm in that be mode. A test at the end I'm, of this. I'm feeling very studious today. I'm I'm happy. I'm in my happy place. She's I'm got a diet notes. Pepsi. She's taking notes. If I had M and M's, I would be like. It's like we're back in grad school, <laughs> where Mom's taking notes and I'm making jokes. Yeah, it taking is notes not... and making jokes. <laughs> that was grad school. <laughs> And yet we got the same grades and Anna did even better than me. So tell me why that happened. <laughs> I don't think I did better than you. I think we I think we truly did get the same grades in every class. Almost exact, yeah. But I think you did a little like percentage wise better. <laughs> sure, sure. All right. What um, else you got? I feel like I had more to say about things could be worse. I think there's a healthy amount of that when you, if you really that is on what your, I was going to say. If you're yes. sitting on your pity pot and you're sure. like, oh, my life is so awful. Oh, my life is so awful. Yeah. And you, and you really have a fairly good life, then there might be a point where it's like, come on, snap out of it. You well, know, it could be worse. Than and this. Th- this is one of those things, like I mentioned before, where some of these things are said with good intentions. I would say, mm-hmm. I would say a lot of them are. This would fall under that category, I think, because I think the intention here is to say like to try to put things in perspective and try to say right. like you know there really could be worse things going on be thankful for what you have try mm-hmm. to we do gratitude journals gratitude with our clients is big, yeah so i mean there there's a there's a nugget of truth in there there's a nugget and 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 it is come i think from a place of good intentions but it just seems again it sort of is is shamey yeah. it, it's like well, you don't have it as bad as I think you should have it, so you mm-hmm. shouldn't be reacting the way you are. I feel that way even about the saying, count your blessings. Yeah. Because, I mean, I'm a big person. I believe very much we should count our blessings. Sure. And I believe in gratitude. And I think that's – but from childhood, <laughs> specifically one teacher I remember, would when someone was upset, they would say, count your blessings. And it was the tone she used and the circumstances, mm-hmm. like you said early in this episode, that – like it depends on what's happening. Sure. You know, when you just Context fall down and your important. legs are all bloody yeah. from falling and skinning your knees and your teacher says, count your blessings, it's like, lady. Okay. <laughs> I, it kind of gives you negative <laughs> triggers about that saying, you know. So. Did she say it to you? One time. And it was when I fell down. I fell down and I was crying. 
I think I was in second grade. It so, was a it was a nun. Sorry, nuns, if you're listening. <laughs> all of them. I don't know that any nuns listen to our podcast, <laughs> but if you if do, if you're a nun and you listen to our podcast, please, tweet us. Please do, please do, because I have loved many nuns in my life <laughs> that are very sweet people. But sure. this particular lady was not very nice. I learned later nuns. that she had migraine headaches. Interesting. And she was teaching like 45 kids at a time. So interesting. No as wonder she was who, pissed I was off. Gonna say, as someone who has migraine headaches and has taught little children i bet you can yeah no you think wonder your skin knees are bad <laughs> yeah. you little punk exactly that's what she should have said instead of count your blessings <laughs> that was her her godly way to say yeah, it yeah that's like when i used to say oh my goodness instead of saying bullshit yeah well <laughs> yeah that's interesting i well that puts into perspective sometimes when you've said oh my goodness to me or around me where I, I always, <laughs> no, I always read it as like, that is really cool. Like, oh, okay. Oh, I meant it. I did mean it like that when I said it to you. Uh-huh. I did. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. I still say that sometimes. You do. That's one of my sayings. It's a very kindergarten teacher's thing but, to say. But, yeah. But when you are when you have 25 kids and they're all <laughs> wanting something from you that, that you know, five-year-olds. You kind of just need a stock phrase. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, oh, my goodness could be on this, on this I list. Guess, I guess. <laughs> Have you tried and then insert something here like tea or exercise or meditation or yoga or zinc? Yeah. Taking zinc. Yeah. Essential oils, (laughs) whatever. Like, first of all, those are things that we can work into a healthy therapeutic routine. Like, I have talked about meditation and joining a yoga class or whatever with some of my clients, but Mm -hmm. that's not all of it. Mm-hmm. Like there's there it's just one piece of the puzzle. And I can kind of extend this to any phrase that starts with like you just need to do this. Mm. Because again, mental health you is just, never exactly just. That's just. the key word. Like mental health is never just do this one thing and it'll be better. Even if those things are good and healthy, that's great. You should do them. I'm not saying don't do those things. I'm not saying don't drink tea or do exercise or whatever. Great, but that's not going to be a cure all. And Mm -hmm. I think some people who say it think that like just because they exercise and they feel good when they exercise that it will cure someone's depression, Mm -hmm. unfortunately. But it's it's just one of those oversimplifying statements like, oh, you just need to have a better attitude. Yeah. Like it's not really a big deal. Right. Yeah. You don't want to minimize someone else's trauma or stress or anxiety, whatever. Can I give you one of mine? Yeah. Everything happens for a reason. I have that as well. Do you have that on your list? I do. I personally hate that one. And I know that some people take comfort in that, especially like when when there's a tragic death of a young person or something like that, you know, and they say everything happens for a reason, that they actually take comfort in it. Me, myself, I never take comfort in that saying. Because my personal belief is... The reason is that people have free will and we screw things up. That's sure, why things happen. But also so there are things that are just terrible, horrible, terrible things happen. And accidents. And, and, and I do believe. Natural disasters. Right. And, Part of my personal faith is that God can bring good out of even the worst tragedy. I really do believe that there are ways that we can grow and we can heal and we can find things that are somewhat good. But overall, it, uh, the whole thing like. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's where I would go with it is like. We can find reason, we can find meaning, we can find a way to make terrible things meaningful. Right. We can grow from them. But also, there's just chaos in the universe. Mm -hmm. And some things really don't happen for a reason. Mm -hmm. 
Because when I hear that, everything happens for reason, where my brain goes because of my spirituality is that means God made it happen yeah, God because made it he happen. had a plan, so he had this terrible <laughs> yeah. tragedy happen. Yeah, God no. killed this young person yeah, that's, for a reason. I, that's like, not, I know some people believe that kind of stuff, but well, I... that's I, the theodicy question. I don't know if you've yeah, ever... Yeah, yeah. Why, why, would why would a loving God allow suffering is basically the theodicy question. Right. It, it's a lot of, it's the reason a lot of people turn away from struggle, faith. Struggle, struggle, yeah. yeah. So that does go with that if we're bringing faith into it. But but even if even if you're saying this and in, in not in a faith based perspective, like mm-hmm. even if you're just saying like everything happens, I do think everything happens for a reason is one of those just like platitude kind of things, like mm-hmm. a thing we say to fill the space when we don't know what to say, right? Because it just it it's not helpful. so personally. I would encourage you not to use that one. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of that one either. So can we just do a couple since we're kind of in this spiritual faith kind of sure. thing? Because right under that, on my in my notes, I put, and this is when someone passes away. God needed them in heaven. <laughs> what to, to file paperwork? God what to, to <laughs> God needed them in I heaven. Know. And see, okay, so now God's got it covered. I think <laughs> we're stepping into now very. Uh, what do I want to say? Yeah, and I don't want to offend you, Sipsters, because we're going to talk about, I, I have a couple that are very specific about when someone passes away. Right. And I feel like it's a very fragile territory because especially if you've recently lost someone or if you are a person who has tried to give comfort to someone who has lost someone, because Anna and I were just talking about this the other day that when my late husband died, several people gave me books and tapes and videos and music about heaven and I know that it was all done in very good intention and at the time actually right when he died I didn't want any of it I was like I don't want to I just want to get through this and then I went through a period like cool but I'm still on earth and I'm sad right right and and I know that it was done in love and and they wanted to comfort me there was a period of time I will say that I did listen to all that stuff and I kind of like in the middle somewhere and now when I look back on it I'm like shoot that was a lot (laughs) Yeah, one of the things I remember people saying to me, multiple people saying to me, God needed him in heaven. Really? Multiple and I'm people like, said that to you? Multiple people. Yeah. That's interesting. I And I was like, what? I don't hear that one as much as I hear they're in a better place. Oh, yeah, yeah. That I heard that big. one too. And I mean, in fairness, like I had a lot of people say to me, he doesn't, su- he has no suffering anymore, which, that which was, actually gave me comfort. That was good because, because Bob yeah. had a lot of suffering. Yeah. And he had so, a lot of physical ailments. Yeah. So, so it was a comfort to me. And it was a comfort to me when they would say things like, you know, he's watching over you and, and he's in heaven now with his mom and dad. Those kind of things are all comforting. But maybe for someone else, it wouldn't be comforting. Well, and I do know, think so, that also, I mean, you are talking very specifically about heaven-based and, and, and right. God-based things. So also, I think it's about knowing your audience. Exactly. And if the person you're talking to isn't a real big like person, they don't faith, believe in or that. If they don't yeah. believe in the afterlife, yeah. or if they believe in a, a different faith or, or reincarnation or whatever. Like, right. be aware of of how your faith may be bleeding into that, and how what is comforting for you may be just kind of insulting to that's, that person. That's that's a very good thing to say because it's it's hard for us when we have a certain and, lens and even, that we're looking through. Yeah, even if. They're in a better place is one that really bothers me, like when someone dies. And even even as someone who does believe in like an afterlife, that pisses me off. Because like, hey, but they left us to do it. 
Mm-hmm. Like, I'm super happy for them, but I'm very sad. And mm-hmm. you are dismissing my sadness as, like, not okay because they're in a good place. Right. Again, it's, like, dismissing a reaction that is fair to be having and a feeling that is very valid. So speaking as a therapist, instead of saying those kind of things, in my opinion, and this is just my opinion as one little old therapist, it's better to just sit with them in their yeah. in their sadness and just and validate yeah just say and listen i'm so sorry you're going through this and god this sucks i yeah. say that to so this many so clients hard. all the time this sucks so much and it's gonna suck for a little while mm-hmm. a long while maybe it's just gonna suck yeah. and it's okay for it to do that yeah that's what that's what grief is that's yeah we just gotta let it right. be terrible for a little bit yeah because this goes back and anna just said it this goes back to not dismissing someone's trauma or someone's feelings right that we don't want to ever say things that would dismiss or minimalize what they're going through mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. okay that's my soapbox okay okay that's a good soapbox this kind of goes along with that. The next one I have is everything will be okay. Ooh. Like, first of all, you don't know that. You don't know that. And to promise that is is pretty bad. Because if this person's going to keep going through bad things, then eventually they're going to be like, okay, I guess everything's not going to be okay. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, again, and again, it's one of those things that comes from good intentions and kind of just a thing we say to fill the space and to reassure, because I think some people can put just blindly reassuring someone over Mm -hmm. actually, like, trying to help. Well, I mean, I guess that it's trying to help. That's not fair to say. Well, and again, I would say know your audience and know the situation, because I think, you know, like, if your little one just had a bad dream and and you say, it's okay, everything's going to be okay. Right. That's... Sure. perfectly okay yeah, to do totally. that so please don't take it as a blanket statement like oh don't ever say this right right yeah yeah, yeah. it's just it's about context and specifically about like mental health issues right. and even if it is true that everything's going to be okay that doesn't mean that right now is not hard right and it can also be really hard for a person who's going through that to believe that Mm-hmm. Like even if you're talking to someone in the middle of a panic attack and you're saying everything's going to be okay, the, mm-hmm. in the middle of a panic attack, that doesn't get through. That's not helpful. And it even sometimes makes people more anxious because they can't control it and they think I should be okay. They're saying I should be okay and I'm not okay. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Panic attacks are very tricky. <laughs> panic attacks are tricky. Just, just breathing is such an important thing just in a panic breathe. attack. Yeah. When all else fails, just breathe. Yeah. Because your vagus nerve loves it. Your vagus nerve <laughs> sucks up that oxygen. <laughs> mm. Mm, that's good breathing. It's not actually the vagus nerve doesn't get oxygen. It's no. When you, when you <laughs> inhale. Listen, okay, now I feel like I have to clarify. When you uh-huh. inhale very deeply, your esophagus Stimulate. pinches the brain. Stimulates it. Stimulates the vagus Tickles nerve. Tickles it. <laughs> Tickles. Gives a little tickle. Gives a little tickle. Makes you feel happy. So deep breaths, drinking very cold water stimulates your vagus nerve. So that can help when you're in an anxiety Rubbing your eyes, remember? That's, oh, rubbing your eyes Like little kids rub their eyes, like when you put your hands on your eyes and rub that. Like rub, like the top of your cranial. Yeah, yeah, the. Sockets. Sockets. Eye sockets. Like that bone. Occipital bone or whatever it's called. Yeah. Yeah. Giving cold water is a thing my husband does when I'm having a panic attack. Oh, that's sweet of him. Because when I'm I'm anxious, like when I'm having an anxiety attack, I like don't want him to touch me. Especially the last one I'm thinking of. I felt like, I feel like he like didn't know what to do when I was like, please, please don't touch me. He was like, water, drinking water. I was like, that's a good idea. (laughs) He got me very cold water, which helped. So drinking water and breathing are very important. Mm -hmm. Oh, uh, so going along with everything will be okay. It may be more helpful to like 
focus on more of a strength perspective and like getting through what you're going through right now. Because even if things will be okay, again, it doesn't make the right now any easier. So sometimes it's more helpful to like focus on the right now. So like, hey, whatever this is, whatever you're going through, you're going to get through it or we're going to get through it. Mm -hmm. We do need to internalize the attitude that even if something isn't okay, we're resilient and we can get through it. Right. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's because everything is okay. It It's because we can get through it. You're going to get through this. Yeah. 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 Time heals all wounds. Oh, mom didn't react to that one. Is that a thing that you've... No, I think what I was thinking is time does make time things, changes things less painful yeah. usually. Yeah. But it doesn't heal it completely. Yeah, and the article... Some things never completely heal. Well, exactly. Yeah. It, and the article where I saw this mentioned and listed said it depends on what you mean by heal and it depends on what you define as a wound mm. so i think i think that's important really too good. yeah and hey those definitions again mm-hmm. always with the definitions that's my that's my personal therapy that is theory. that is anna's ther- definitionism theory. it's a so stupid when it's- name it's in the workshop okay <laughs> i like definitionism <laughs> i like that <laughs> I can't say it, but I like it. <laughs> but yeah, it depends on what you mean by heal. It like because because there are some things. If you go through a big trauma, it's going to change you. And if you're looking at healing, I, I hear that from clients too. Like I just want to get better. I just want to get back to where I was. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we just have to process like this thing that happened to you, this wound that you sustained. You're going to be a different person because of it. Mm-hmm. And it and that's okay. But you're not maybe going to get back to where you were before in terms of like oh that's all healed and it's no problem now. right right like there are just some things that stick with us and there are some things that just make us different and they become just part of who we are yeah yeah and it kind of goes into the everything's okay category because and i've talked to the to my clients about the time changing things and making things easier to deal with because like you know more time you do get more distance from that you Mm -hmm. like the more you kind of can distance from it the more clearly you can see it sometimes but it's not just time even if that makes it easier that's kind of one of those just statements like you just need to give it time like Mm -hmm. no it's also going to take a lot of work and it's going to take a lot of grieving and and all that stuff so Mm -hmm. uh the next one is happiness is a choice yikes bucko that goes with nobody can make you mad yeah, which is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's an abs- absurd thing to say. Now, we're really big on choice because oh, sure. we're existentialists. So we... Yeah, but again, that is very oversimplifying. Right. You can choose things to do to make you better. And sometimes we can choose things that keep us in bad and unhealthy cycles for sure. Mm-hmm. But again, it's like just choose to be happy. Right, right. Just don't be sad. Okay, thanks, Blarf. Just stop, Blarf. <laughs> you remembered. I Good remembered. job. <laughs> thanks, Blarf. Thanks, Blarf. But again, it's like, it, this can come off as you are choosing to be sad. You are not working hard enough to be happy. It's a shame thing again. It is a shame thing. Yeah. It, a lot of them go back it's to It's weird that. how that a lot of them go back to well, the shame I thing. Well, I think a, a big part of mental illness is shame. I, I think a big part of mental illness is, is feeling embarrassed about it and feeling ashamed of of mm-hmm. going through it and feeling like you're weak for going through it. I mean, I think that's part of the stigma around mental illness. So, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I think that a lot of these things that when we open up to people and they're going to reply with this kind of stuff, the the happiness is a choice or everything's going to be okay or things are worse, you know, it's like, oh, okay, it is my fault. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay, so I am just not working hard enough or not trying or whatever. 
What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. That one I do like. But when you're in the middle of something really hard. Yeah. Yeah. When you're in the middle of something really hard, it's like, screw you. I'm in the middle of something hard. (laughs) And again, this is one with good intentions. And it goes back to the idea of resiliency and how Mm -hmm. like fostering resiliency is not a bad thing. And like you can get through this is not a bad message to be sending. But I do think it's still pretty condescending because like, (laughs) no, this is my existentialist coming out. Death is not the lowest bar. Okay. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Death is not the worst thing that can happen to you. <laughs> That's kind of true. Like, That's kind of true. Bad things are still going to change us. And it, it doesn't mean that even if we get stronger, it was the bad thing that did it. Right. Right. Like, I think that's giving the bad thing a lot of credit and not giving you yourself the credit. Huh. Well, that's deep, Anna. Thanks. You are really deep this episode. Thanks. Are you feeling that, Sipsters? She's deep. Are you deep. feeling the deep she's, vibe? She's deep, man. I'm Mom's feeling it, dude. feeling it. Uh, <laughs> because sometimes terrible things happen and we become like stronger or kinder or more, more loving like in spite of the terrible thing that happened and mm-hmm. not because of it. Uh-huh. Like I've dealt with a lot of clients that work really hard to break like abuse cycles and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, I guess you could look at the things they've gone through and say like, well, it didn't kill you, so it made you stronger. But a lot of them are working really hard to become strong despite their trauma and mm-hmm. not because of it. That's my soapbox. That's kind of definitionism again. I guess. Yeah. In one of the articles that was listing those kind of things, one of them that was listed there and you said that you saw it too was this too shall pass. And that really made me cringe because... Not only do I love that, I mean, that's like one of my mantras. When I'm in the middle of stress, I say to myself, this too shall pass. Right. And I have several clients, several actually, several, who have latched onto that. Because when I when I work with clients, I work with having clients come up with what I call an anchor phrase. I would and, say a mantra. Yeah. Yeah. And so when you're under, you know, when you're doing your deep breathing, that you use your anchor phrase and that mm-hmm. your brain starts to get programmed to whenever you hear that phrase, it's your body it's is, calming, is calming down. Yeah. And one of the examples that I say, you could do something like this too mm-hmm. shall pass mm-hmm. or I'm okay, I'm going to be okay yeah. or, or a scripture or, a, you I, know. I usually twist it a little bit and say, this is going to pass or like this mm-hmm. feeling will pass. Uh, and that's a, a thing that I tell a lot of my clients who go through like uh, man episodes or panic attacks and stuff to use where like okay this very intense thing that feels like I cannot survive it I just need to write it out it's Mm -hmm. going to pass and it's going to be easier Mm -hmm. but I just need to write out this very very strong feeling Mm -hmm. so so that's kind of yeah I would say it's kind of a mantra kind of an anger thing yeah Yeah. but so so when I saw that on the list I was like hey hey, I like that one so sipsters if we've said one of your things that you use a lot yeah. and you were like a little offended that we even talked about it so this is one that I was a little offended that they even talked about but <laughs> but, but again, again that goes to some people are going to reflect it differently and some right. people are going to accept it in a different way and hear it differently and all that stuff. exactly and if you know god forbid if you had a second grade teacher who <laughs> when you fell on the blacktop and skin your knees and instead of saying count your blessing she said this too shall pass that could cause it to be a very negative so trigger for just, you yeah, maybe so. just have some trauma associated yeah. with a certain phrase or alternatively because i think this too shall pass for you has been a faith thing it is and it is. And, and i think that that has given you comfort right because it's of rooted that. in that and it's funny because i ask a significant other person in my life if they had any you know when i told them what we were doing for this episode and the first one he said was it's all good <laughs> and I say that all, all the time and I, I looked at him and I went 
did I ever say that to you and piss you off? And he goes, oh, I've never heard you say it, but I know I say it. It's all good. It's all good. Yeah, I say that when people apologize to me or uh, something like it's, it's all, all good. good or all's well or uh-huh. whatever or like everything's fine or that's But fine. I guess taken in the wrong context, that could be I think annoying. probably it's all good. I would put that in the same like it's okay category as like when you're again when you're in the moment and someone's mm-hmm. telling you like it's fine you're fine mm-hmm. and you're like no it's not fine right now right right <laughs> right like so i think that's maybe yeah that's, if you're going through a major trauma and someone goes it's all good it's fine you want to punch them in like, the throat up. <laughs> so yeah that was yeah uh, it is what it is is another one that I have on my list. The last ah, one I have actually, and I, kinda, I would kind of put that in like the same category. Yeah. yeah, it is what it is. Like, shut up! What, what does that even mean? Thank you. I guess <laughs> it's what it is. Well, I that's know. Redundant. I know because that's what it is. What are you talking about? <laughs> so a couple other that I thought of personally, and this is like we've been talking a lot about when you're sad and people say certain things, but when you're angry mm. and people say certain things, calm if, down. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> If I am angry and you tell me to calm down, I have that in my anxiety section too. Like mm-hmm. when someone's in an anxiety attack, like and then to tell them, moment, that, "Oh my calm god, down. calm down! Yeah. <laughs> How dare you actually?" Yeah, just don't ever say "calm down." Yes. I don't care. Well, <laughs> yeah, it's generally not helpful because so in one of the articles that I saw where that one was listed, it said "calm down" is the goal, not the action step. Oh, which I like. Uh huh. Like "calm down" is where we're getting. Right. Just telling someone to calm down is not going to calm them down. What do they need in the moment? Are they having an anxiety attack? Will calming down include like breathing or giving mm-hmm. them drink of water or mm-hmm. whatever? Like, or do they need a hug or what? What do they need to right. calm them down? That's very. They good don't way to just put it. need you to tell them to calm down. <laughs> yeah, because sisters, I don't know what you when you hear somebody say calm down. I, don't know I get pissed. <laughs> I and things come at me like from my life. I can see my dad. When I was little and having a fit over something, I can very clearly hear my dad saying, calm down, Bonnie Ray." I mean, I can hear his voice. So I know that was a significant. Especially to say that to a kid. Yeah. How dare calm you down, Bonnie have Ray. a reaction to a thing? Oh. <laughs> yeah. But you know, it was my dad. So then I had to calm down, which made me even more angry because <laughs> right. I had to hold it all in. just had to fester it. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. And even some past relationships when I would get angry and someone would say to me, you need to calm down. Yeah. I could hear one particular man's voice. You need to calm down. Is it down. my father? It might be your father. <laughs> <laughs> and I wanted to punch him so hard. <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't. I mean, in fairness, but, knowing what I know about my father, he was probably saying that to... That seems like a manipulation thing where if he knew it would make you pissed off. It might have been, yeah. Then he could like pull the high ground. Like, I'm just telling you to calm down. Yeah. Why are you so mad? Why are you getting so upset? Are you so upset? Ah! Yeah. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And that's when I killed him, officer. (laughs) That was his last words. (laughs) Why are you getting so upset? Put that on your tombstone. (laughs) Oh, my. Um, Another one I would have for anxiety in terms of like things not to say in those specific situations for anxiety, I have it's no big deal as well. Oh, yeah. That's huge. Because first of all, very subjective. And even if that were true, even if the thing that a person is reacting to is maybe not as big of a deal. Like I, I've had that before with my anxiety where like, first of all, I know, I know, I know it's not a big deal. <laughs> I understand that. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of people with anxiety have enough self-awareness to know that the things that they're getting anxious about are not quote unquote big deals. 
But a lot of times that's coming from a lot of other things under the surface and this is kind of the last straw or maybe it's just a sensory overload thing and they can't control it. Like their reaction is going to feel very big, maybe in comparison to how things look, but Mm -hmm. shaming them for the reaction is not helpful. Exactly. And like, especially with anxiety and stuff, like anxiety makes things feel like a big deal. Anxiety activates our fight or flight. Like we have a rush of adrenaline, a, a rush of cortisol, like... We're, we're going to react to things like they are life or death. That's what anxiety is. Exactly. So so telling people just don't do that. Again, not helpful. <laughs> hey, not, not super helpful. Mm-mm. It's not a big deal. Yes, it is. In the moment, it is. Do you have any specifically for anxiety that like... Get over it was one of Ooh, the things on my list. Yeah. Just get over it. Just but that's get another over just. It. Just get over it. Yeah. Just don't feel bad about that. Okay. Thanks. I feel all better now. And quite frankly, it's like you said, no matter what you say when a person is having especially a panic attack can trigger them further if it's something that is somehow rooted in them. Because even saying just breathe or Mm -hmm. breathe, you know, if something happened that like, oh, there's so many layers, aren't there? Yeah. It's so hard. Because you could be also saying like everything right, but then someone like in their past has said things that weren't technically right, but have said them in such a like mean spirited way that Mm -hmm. it's tainted. So So that, yeah, that's another, like, the things we're saying are not set in stone. Right. Not, like, written on a tombstone. Like, (laughs) like just calm down. (laughs) Just calm down. (laughs) For depression, I have, but you don't seem depressed. Oh, yeah. That one's tough to hear. You always seem so happy. Yeah, that's not the compliment you think it is. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because I do think that's coming from, like, oh, but you seem normal. It's minimizing it It again. It is. It's minimizing somebody's. And also a lot of depressed people hide their stuff. And I think that goes back to, like, feeling shame Mm -hmm. and and feeling, like, embarrassed about feeling depressed and, and about struggling with that. And depression can look really different in a lot of people. Like, I think we have a specific thing of, like, what depression is supposed to look like and then we're not like gonna take people seriously if they don't look exactly like that so that's harmful too Mm -hmm. and also i have like it can't be that bad or like it could be worse for depression okay do you want to talk about just like power of words well i'm just gonna i think very briefly just say you know especially if we use cognitive behavioral therapy techniques of thought stopping and positive self-talk we put a lot of weight on using specific phrases or using specific words or not using Mm -hmm. certain words and phrases you know all the negative self-talk that we do is a symptom is a something that we do to not be very healthy mentally we and every cycle everybody does it sure you know some kind of negative self-talk but that goes back to that idea of words being powerful and maybe some of your own negative self-talk the the sayings that you have rattling around in your programming Probably from maybe from your childhood, maybe from a second grade teacher, maybe from <laughs> a spouse or um, yeah, even past unhealthy relationship. You know, or... not only your parents, but even your children, you sure. know, can put some things in there. So if there's, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not being passive aggressive. Okay. <laughs> but speaking as your mother, I know you got some from me. So we just need to be aware of how powerful words are. Yeah. There was one. I just kind of want to mention very briefly, there was, I think, an interesting book that's called Words Can Change Your Brain. Um, it's by Dr. Andrew Newberg and Mark Robert Waldman. 
Um, they did a lot of research about how words can trigger us or affect us. And specifically, like literally changes our brain and, and affects mm-hmm. our brain and causes, we, we've talked often um, on our podcast about the idea of neurotransmitters and, and how our brain accepts triggers that cause us to either have like, like Anna just said just a few minutes ago about fight or flight mm-hmm. or our amygdala grabs onto something. nervous system response. Yeah, all that cool stuff. That is really so fun to talk about. <laughs> but they talk about how words and phrases, kind of like what we've been talking about today, can either cause us to have that negative reaction or a positive reaction. And one of their their quotes says, and this is kind of has a little brain reference in it, it says, by holding a positive or an optimistic word or phrase in your mind, now that's the positive, remember, mm-hmm. you can stimulate the frontal lobe activity. And this area includes specific language centers that connect directly to the motor cortex that's responsible for moving you into action. So when you say those positive things, it's like, that's why you feel like, okay, now I can do this a little boost right it actually kicks in your neurotransmitters and you get a little boost from it obviously then the opposite is true that there are negative words that we can say that do kick in our amygdala and that oh crap i'm in danger this is bad i'm i'm ashamed yeah whatever it is so just like all the other times in our podcast when we talk about balance if i had the ring (laughs) next time We have and and self awareness. Ooh, ooh, we gotta have a oh. we gotta have a sound for self awareness. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I'm writing it She's down. Writing sisters. it down. Give her a second. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if if you do have certain certain phrases that you know trigger you negatively, to just be aware that that's a trigger for you. So then when somebody does say it, and you, <clears throat> if somebody tells me to calm down, because I am older now, and when people tell me to calm down, I don't you know actually feel like punching them in the throat. I think about it, but I don't feel like doing it. So that's a step in the right direction, Sipsters. It is. You know, that's it's growth. growth. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, okay. <laughs> so I guess what I wanted to throw that in is because the power of words is it can be positive or negative. Sure. And there's a lot of research, like actual data. <laughs> Who that, needs data that, when that, we have platitudes <laughs> and sayings? There is data that supports the fact that we use our words in ways that are positive or negative. So be careful how you use your words and be aware of how words affect you. And be aware of even in the moment if you say a thing like not even necessarily one of the things that we have talked about, but just something. And if you see someone have a bad reaction, go, ooh, sorry, was that not a good thing to say? Mm-hmm. Like, don't be afraid to check in with them. That's very good. Because like like we've said uh, several times throughout this episode, like these are not set in stone. These are not all good, all bad, whatever. Right. It really just depends on the person. I think one of my favorite things when I was really grieving was when people would say to me, I'm sorry, I don't know what to say. Yeah. Because it's so real. Yeah. It's like... I know. There's really nothing you can say. Well, that's so. that's the thing. It's like nothing's going to make it better. Mm-hmm. It's You don't have to say anything. I think that's kind of the, the bottom line of grief, especially. Right. I agree. Do we want to talk about the things people say about therapy specifically or just... I've only got like three of them. Throw them in. So these are... We'll, we'll kind of end off on this. this yeah, is this, will our, this, will, this will be our end. Our little nightcap. Nightcap. I like oh. it. <laughs> All right. What's the nightcap? Uh, So these are just some things that people say specifically about therapy that as a therapist really, really grinds my gears. Um, The first one is... (laughs) Grinds your gears. (laughs) Therapists pretend to care because you pay them. Oh, that was the one that one of my kids said to me. I wanted to kind of... I know. Hug him until he cried. (laughs) 
Yeah, hug him. Uh-huh. Yeah. Please yeah. really tight. Yes. Yeah. But that's so, I mean, it's, it's honestly insulting mm-hmm. as someone who, I mean, like, has cried with clients before and celebrates with them when they do something awesome and and all this stuff i mean i genuinely care about my clients i've prayed for my clients i actually pray for my clients every day yeah it's it's like it just makes me really sad i mean like it pisses me off when people say that because it's sustaining it so do you feel like that's some kind of a defensive thing like maybe that they don't think they're worth or Um, is it an angry they don't want to be a counseling what do you think it is yeah, I think that's part of it. I, d- I do think that there are just some people who think that mental health is a crock uh, and who think that all therapy is a joke, you know? Uh-huh. So, I mean, I think that's part of it. But I do think that, that some of it is, yeah, like a defense, like, you don't actually care about me, so I'm not going to get invested in this process. Uh, yeah, I think that's true. Okay, that was a, that was a horrible one. That's I a agree. big one. Okay. Why don't you talk to your friends and family instead? Like, instead of going to therapy. Uh-huh. Mm. Okay, a few things. First, one of the things I always advocate about therapy is going to therapy, having a separate neutral space to like dump all this stuff and process it means that you don't have to feel like you're burdening your loved ones. And I've had clients actually say that to me. Yes. Yeah, because there are And that's are a really some, good thing. Yeah, there are some people who try to reach out to friends and family and then it kind of becomes too much because maybe they just got a lot going on and the friends like don't know how to respond to it and and it might break a relationship or two it might strain Mm -hmm. that so having a separate space where you can go in and give that to someone who's not going to be burdened with it Mm -hmm. is i think very freeing so that's first of all Second of all, friends and family haven't gone to years of therapy college. <laughs> they don't have the big degrees on the walls <laughs> they don't like have we do. The big papers. <laughs> so framed and everything, baby. Yeah. So, they didn't have to sit through those classes. So they are they, these are clinical professionals that you're going to. Yeah. And also some people may just not have the kind of support system that can handle that kind of strain. Mm-hmm. Some people just really don't have people to go to for that or they feel like they can't go to those people. So maybe that's a thing we work on in therapy is being able to approach loved ones with stuff and being able to open up to them. But I mean, there are just some people that have walls a mile thick and right. and they kind of have to use therapy to break out of that. I really like the thing about going somewhere where you can, someone is just totally objective and is non-judgmental. I know I've heard people make jokes when you tell someone you're a therapist and they're like, oh, are you analyzing me right now? Are you judging me right that. now? You know, and no, nope. no, we're not. <laughs> and I don't judge my clients either, actually. And that's so. exactly right. You know, even though technically it's part of our job to diagnose. Yeah. But it's not like we judge your character no, because no. of your mental It's not like we say some, you say stress. something and we're like, wow, you're a terrible person. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. no. that's the opposite of the point of therapy. No. And we don't sit there and go, woo, this is a crazy one. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Woo, this is one of the crazy ones in here. So I, I like the non-judgmental and the just totally impartial yeah. person to listen to you. And then the last one is, I don't need therapy because I don't have serious problems or because it's not that bad, which mm. kind of goes back to what other people may have been telling them mm-hmm. when, hey, it's not that bad or things could be worse or whatever. Like, no, go to therapy. Mm-hmm. Things are bad. If they feel bad, then they're bad. Go to therapy. And therapy can be just as much for general mental upkeep. Right. It doesn't mean that specifically you have a diagnosis. No. You know, it could just mean that you have a lot going on and you yeah. need to vent to somebody. Exactly. Like I have clients ranging the whole gamut from like super extreme, terrible trauma mm-hmm. that will take years and years of very intense therapy to fix. Mm-hmm. 
And I also have people who come in and they're like, it's going pretty well. Here's some stressful things that have mm-hmm. been happening. That's exactly, that's exactly uh, it's, true. And the entire gamut is fine. Like wherever you fall on that spectrum, that's fine. And, and you deserve a space where you can process through that stuff. That's a really good way to say it. Thank you. Even if life is just overwhelming you, if you just feel overwhelmed with life. Yeah. Well, and that's, I also believe, like most people have more trauma than they think they do. That's really true. (laughs) Especially in our world right now, where there's, you know, two years of a pandemic happening. So I saw this really sad thing online that was like, hey, don't be mean to kids right now. Because like, let's look at a five-year-old. They have memories from what, when they were three on? Mm Mm-hmm. Their whole, like, memory is in a pandemic. Right. Like. Exactly. (laughs) Like, so there's just a lot of trauma going on. So especially right now. And going forward, I I just had this thought just this week because one of my clients was supposed to graduate from high school during all that. Oh, yep. And so she's, she's now in college, but she's still dealing with trauma of like she didn't have prom she yeah. didn't have you know graduation these huge she didn't, milestones her senior trip Wonder, all of yeah. these things and she can't go back and do them no, i mean they're over they're yeah. gone so talk about grieving mm-hmm. she has a lot to grieve and a lot of people do so yep. so don't underestimate your own trauma mm-hmm. um don't don't Unless compare it to somebody don't else compare trauma that's mm-hmm. right don't mm-hmm. judge other people's trauma just because you think it doesn't look that bad from the outside. Exactly, exactly. And just be aware that your words have power. Be nice. Be nice to each other. Just be nice to each other. <laughs> okay. That's all I've got, Mom. That's good. That was good stuff. I got some good notes. Good notes. <laughs> Mom made some good notes and she's going to come with a whole Foley ne- artist array. Next time, sipsters, we're going to have some sound effects. And then you'll have to tweet us or whatever you do to us. To let us know how how <laughs> annoying do to us. <laughs> how annoying the sound effects were, or if you I have ideas for tweet. sound effects, yeah, tell us, yeah, absolutely, like a specific thing that we often say or talk about. Those are the things we need sound effects Definitely. for. <laughs> and so, if you're a regular listener, especially if you're a golden chalice listener, yep. take a little sip from that golden chalice and then tweet us at sound effect. Tweet us here. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> may I thank our listeners? Please do. Listeners, we appreciate you. We have gratitude for you. And if anything that we said today kind of got you riled up or worried, <laughs> don't worry about it. It's <laughs> no, fine. It's going to be okay. It's, it's not fine. that big of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. All of that stuff. All the blarf phrases. Just, just, <laughs> just remember balance. And remember that we love you. And we want you to come back for our next episode. The sound effect episode. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> Yes, thank you so much for listening. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. We're Freudian Sips Pod on everything. Our site is FreudianSipsPod.com where you can find more of us, find all our episodes if you want to become a Golden Chalice Sipster. Uh, Sounds if, like a good goal. A good you, goal to have. It is a good goal. You can't go wrong. Put it on your bucket list. Put it on your bucket list. <laughs> If you want to get a hold of us directly, you can email us, freudiansipspod at gmail.com. That includes if you leave us a rating and a review, if you give us a picture of it and your address, we will send you a sticker in the mail and our eternal gratitude. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yes, please do remember to leave us a nice rating and review wherever you can do that, wherever you're listening. And in the meantime, before we see you next time, our theme music is Sweeter Vermouth by Kevin McLeod, and it sounds like this. Mm-hmm.